Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from is welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This much for Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, got a new car. Um, oh yeah, I got, yeah, I got a new car. But it's mostly my wife's car. But I'm trading in my car. Um, but for those who know me in person, my wife doesn't really drive anyway. So it's like her car, as in whenever she drives, it's her car. And then mm-hmm. when she's not using it, I get to drive it. Um, my current car is a manual and she can't drive manual. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to sell my super WRX. Um, haven't decided if I'm just going to take it to CarMax and take like the, it's actually a pretty significant amount of money I'd be putting on the table um, mm-hmm. because the uh, the car I have is like kind of sought after because it's hatchback. They don't make it anymore. But I don't know if I want to deal with all the trolls and low ballers and and then got to go to the bank with a person and like make sure that he's not like trying to screw you over with the fake checks and stuff like yeah. that. And I'll and, Venmo and, you. <laughs> yeah. Just like that um, guy who uh, Eric tried to sell his motorcycle at a dojo the other day. And that guy was like trying to lowball him like crazy yeah. and I, I, such a waste of time. Like, so I, well, I don't want to deal with all, all that kind of crap. It's so stupid when you agree upon a price. It's like, okay, here's the bike, here's blah, 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 everything. Yeah. You agree upon a price and then you show up being like, well, you know, how about we knock off like another $500? It's like, dude, we agreed on a price already. That was like, he tried to knock off a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, and he already, he already, uh, low, um, knocked off like 500 bucks from the price and negotiation and then it showed up and then was like, oh, I like the bike. Yeah, here. How about 2,500? And it's like, yeah, that's stupid. 2,500. Like, Get the out of here. Yeah. So dumb. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to want to deal with that. I might just end up um, taking it to uh, CarMax and eating the loss. But uh, I I was going to do that because I only have a two-car parking garage. And mm. I didn't want to like, move the cars around to, to back out of my driveway. But I managed to shift my recycle bins and stuff over. So I fit my car on the outside to the side so it wouldn't block in any of the cars. So I might hold it on for a bit longer. But um I remembered yesterday to change my insurance to a third party liability to make it a little cheaper to hold on to. So I'm not in a rush. I'll probably ask around uh, my friend groups and see if anyone wants to buy it, uh, give them dibs and a uh, good price. But if not, then probably I will take it to the CarMax and just get the cash for it. All right, so that's a good, good plan. How do you like the electric so far? Yeah, so, so you could just plug directly in your house. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I had to charge it. So it's a plug-in hybrid and only has forty miles of range of electric range. So mm-hmm. it's mostly gas. Um, the the electric part is meant for like um around the town kind of thing, but yeah. it did manage to make me uh, get me to the dojo and back. And I only had to use gas on the last like four or five blocks away from my house. Mm-hmm. So, um. And I was stuck in traffic, so it took me an hour and, and a half to get home. Um, so I think if I do it again, it will be pretty. And also, it was a hot day, so I was, the the AC was blasted. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it took me a while to get home. But uh, I think next time I do it, I might be able to get back, uh, do a round trip, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But it takes twelve hours to charge the full after it's empty on a, a regular plug. Well, so I need to install. You don't I need tell install nobody. You don't tell nobody. And you charge at the dojo. 
<laughs> no, 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 it's not going to charge. It's not going to charge in time, basically. No, but um, all right. I, I don't want to do it. It's not going to make much of a difference. But I need to install a level two charger, so it'll take two hours to charge. We get some solar panels outside, okay? <laughs> we should. We should. Um, what else? Oh, it's also really nice that I can remote start my car now so that it actually cools off. Like today, mm-hmm. we did Rondori in the middle of the afternoon. It was so hot. Yeah. Uh, it was so hot. And I was just like, Ooh. oh, let me go change. And I can start up my car remotely and have have it run off the the um, electric battery, not the, not the 12-volt battery that kills your car when you can't start mm-hmm. it. So yeah. you can run electric off of that to start off the car. And also the the ventilated seats, man. I I don't think if I continue living, <laughs> if I continue to live here, uh, I don't think I'll ever buy another car that doesn't have a ventilated seat. Ventilated yeah. seats. <laughs> they I call know it's it crazy. Seats, but it was it's crazy today. With how hot it got today, like it was like it's not bad. It's warm. Like when I was doing outside, I was doing a sledgehammer and the tire flipping today. Mm-hmm. My feet were getting so hot out there. I'm not talking yeah. about like, the sun hitting my feet. Like my the soles of my of my shoes. Yeah, we're starting to get really warm, and I was like, oh, God, I got to do footwork here, moving back and forth. Like, I'm only doing three sets today. Screw this, only three sets. Yeah, and then teaching, it was starting to get warmer and warmer in the dojo as well. Yeah, I remember when I was like trying to hydrate, and you're like, I need help. We have an odd number. I'm just like, I'm thirsty. <laughs> but, yeah, it was um, just getting warmer and warmer today at the yeah. dojo. <laughs> it was it was really nice, definitely, to have ventilated seats. Um, you know, especially especially that swamp ass people get after the dojo and get in the car. Yeah, it, I always thought the cold part would be like the bottom of the seat. Like, it'll, mm. like when you think about heated seats, I've sat in heated seats before. Like the bottom gets hot, but I so I thought ventilated seats must be cool. Like the the bottom is ventilated, but no, it's actually like right along the back, um, like where your your, your back, your tailbone. And a little bit further up, um, yeah. your lower back, basically, I felt like a blast of cold air blowing through the the seat. So it was really, really um, interesting and different, but uh, right. definitely worth it if you're looking for a car. I, I don't, I'm spoiled now. I can't, I can't get another <laughs> car that doesn't have that. Uh, I also just that, have minimum AC. They got to have AC at least. <laughs> yeah. Having a good adaptive cruise control, like for the stop and go traffic in LA was also one of my requirements. So I used that on the way home with all the traffic because there was a traffic accident. So I, I just basically stay, set the distance and then it will keep stop and go by itself. So I didn't have to do anything. Um, but yeah, Fancy. it's getting hot. Everyone make sure you hydrate. Um, out there. So especially with those in Japan, I know the, they have, they're really, really humid and hot right now. Mm. So let's now get to the news of the, um, the news happening in judo. And we're going to talk, we're going to start off talking about like some more American news now. So most people know that here in America, we have three major judo federations. We have USJA, USJF and USA Judo. And I know in people other are, countries, people are going to be so sick. Like our international viewers uh, are going to be so sick of us talking about it. Well, I know they're going to be sick so of it. It's so interesting. It is. It's crazy. And I want to know, like, please send us, like, tell me what you guys think about this. Like, us having three federations, our stuff that's happening in this divorce right now. Like, how does work I can't in other think countries? of a nice way of putting it in, into why I think it's very interesting. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to say dumb and dumber, but then, like, dumb and dumber is only two people. So <laughs> dumb and dumber and dumbery. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to explain it. So, yeah. So, please, international viewers, or listeners, let us know what you guys think about this. There are crazy stuff that are happening right now with our three federations. So as most of you know, the 
USA Judo decided to walk away from USJF and USJA. Decided that, you know, this part, this um, three-party membership thing is not working out for us in the end or whatever it is. Whatever reasons were, we're just separating, okay? And, oh, and still to this date, we have still not gotten an email from USJF about why they broke up. Oh, yeah. They said that we'll be really transparent and we'll give you guys any emails you guys asked for. Still haven't got that yet. I got the... um transcript from usa was it usa no anyway i got i got the transcript through other channels basically um yeah. not through the usjf one where they say email us and we'll send it to you no but i got it from um i think it was usa judos and i got it through mm-hmm. someone i know so um yeah i because i got it through back channels i'm not going to share it otherwise I'd, I'd be like oh usjf emailed me back if you want it want a copy of it i'm going to share it but um it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Basically, <laughs> I read the whole, that thing. We the are. whole thing was like fifty pages. I read the whole thing, and I was just oh, like, man. "I was like, oh, is it going exactly what? It's exactly <laughs> what I thought it was going to be." So, they are what we thought they were. All right. So, yeah. this week, um, I think it was US. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Thing, I think because you want to send it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, USJA sent out a press release talking about how they're going to run, how they're going to run tournaments coming moving forward. Mm-hmm. with usjf and the second topic we're going to talk about with this is going to be interesting when this came out because it actually came out i saw it sep- uh, differently i saw the term at first then i saw this but i maybe come out vice versa whatever but anthony can you please read out the statement they put out uh so wait to clarify what you said first basically for a while like when this whole thing first happened usa judo was basically saying if you come to our tournaments you have to have usa judo you can't be usjf or usja and then but on the other end, USJF and USJA was like, well, if you're you if you're not USJA or USJF and you come to our tournaments, you just have to sign this waiver. But the last tour, I think the, this coming tournament, um, they're not going to do one, it. The one tomorrow but is tomorrow, USJA yeah. only. Yeah. So I think they're kind of saying like, well, if if they're going to not let us join in their games then they can't join in our game like kind of high school <laughs> playground uh-huh. high school like more like junior high, uh, middle school or something so i think that's their response but the letter i got from usja uh here it is. so membership of the usja this letter is to inform you of a new program that the usja is implementing we are going to hold several national level tournaments a year which the competitor will receive grassroots points for placing first, second, or third. Competitors that have enough points will make a USJA national team that will be able to compete outside the USA. Both USJA and USJF competitors will be able to qualify to earn points and make the team. Point rosters will be displayed on the USJA website for all track for all to track their success. The USJA wants to help our members reach their goals and contribute to the development of the American judoka. USJA will have two past leaders coordinating the tournaments in coordination with Mike Hall, excuse me, who will be in charge of technology and logistics. We at the USJA want to improve judo in the country, in this country, which has been faltering for some time. We hope all the clubs in the USJA and USJF will be excited about the news and participate moving forward. Feel free to call the national office for further information. So what they're saying is that, okay, if USA Judo doesn't want to play nice with us, we're going to create our own point system for our own national level tournaments that we're going to start holding with USJF. And we're going to combine our two, our, uh, two federate, not combine our two federations together, but we're going to work together 
to create our own national team. Now, with that alone, uh, so that see, I don't know. I I don't know. If that's yeah. what they said because they're saying USJA is making their own team. Yeah. I know USJF can compete in their tournaments, but I don't know. Like, if I'm a USJF member, I don't think I can uh, be part of this USJA national team that they're talking about. Well, it's the whole thing. Like to me, when they first just when I first read that first I first read the first begin at the beginning <laughs> when they talk about <laughs> getting points for the national team to compete internationally. Here's my thing with that. Okay, this is the first thing I always thought of. The IOC, the Olympics, only recognizes um, the IJF. Okay, the USA Judo. Oh yeah, no, no, IJF. Yeah, IJF. Yeah, the IJF, International Judo Association Federation. I mean, the IJF only recognizes USA Judo. So I don't know what international competitions are talking about. Because any, because technically anyone can really go to some of these opens, like the, was it the Canadian Open or something, or the Pan Ams or the Mexico, whatever, Grand Prix, whatever it is, like some of these South American tournaments that are open and not be part of the U.S. team. You can yes. go and represent the U.S. So are they talking about they're going to make their own teams for those small international competitions? Because they think can't that's what go. they mean. I, I, I was going to yeah. say, I think that's what they mean, because that's very, and I, I don't want to like, piss people off but honestly like so this is i saw someone asked the same exact question you said on the facebook group mm -hmm. that this is posted on so people yeah. are like what international events and they're like there will be tournaments in europe and south america that will be attended like oh like like you said oh like open tournaments you mean yeah like <laughs> that that's because like i don't need i don't need a national team or your permission to go there i can i can literally go there myself without joining any of you guys yeah oh you yeah. So like um, one of our members, Charles is an international competitor. He goes to what I can't remember the name of the Canadian uh, tournament. Montreal Open to. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. He would go to that every year and get a USA patch because he represents the US and he's going there. But he's not on Team USA technically. He's not representing the yeah, IP, versus representing USA Judo. Yeah, versus we have a member that's talking about going to uh, Veterans Worlds coming up. Mm -hmm. That's an IJF. It's not an open tournament. So he's going to have to go through USA Judo. Like USJA can't be like, oh, you're going to represent us at Veterans World as a USJA minus 60 kilograms, whatever. Like you you can't do that. So I think I if, it, if we're wrong about the Open, then sure. I, I can't think of anything else that could be the case. But if it, it is just Open tournaments, I think that's kind of like, I don't want to say false advertisement. What do you call it? Mis misleading. I'd say misleading misleading yeah. definitely it's misleading but unless you i mean you can say oh we're going to give you funding to travel mm -hmm. which is different than saying you're forming a team and like you're, you're making it sound like you're you're we're usa judo we're doing what usa judo too make a national team like yeah it just well, sounds, i also think this, also this, is why I couldn't, saying, this is why i couldn't keep a straight face you know so yeah it, which means like also when they say a grass the grassroots points and it's like dude don't call yourself grassroots no more, this right? is you not grassroots you're trying to you're you trying to, to make yeah. it not grassroots that's exactly yeah. what you I'm want thinking. A, you want a big team you want a big league this stuff then you can't be calling yourself grassroots no more unless you're only going to focus on the like the youth the cadets the juniors and stuff only focus on them not focus on the adults or the masters yeah stuff. i guess grassroots has different meaning like you can say grassroots as in like growing the the younger generation and then there's grassroots like you're talking about like local don't like local small town small community growth like building more dojos and growing your pre-existing ones uh 
kind of thing. So there's two, but and this doesn't match any of that. So, um, yeah, some some member of our someone in our dojo got the same letter, and it's, it's, he's a novice, and he was like, "Oh, you're telling me I can like go there and become national champion?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it would be like, um, kind of like you know how in BJJ they're like, oh, I'm I'm like world champion in my weight category, yeah. and it's like blue belt world champion in some unknown league like that, <laughs> like." With like well, two like, people in your bracket, kind of thing. This is how BJJ also like, and this is MMA also like boasting up some BJJ stuff. But like, he's ten time world champion. The guy's only twenty five. How's he ten time world champion? But they count every world championship he won since he was like a teenager or something. Or like, he's five time purple belt world champion in Pan Ams. You know, which I don't know I, why people call that, but whatever. Yeah, and how how do I say this? Like all jokes aside, like fine like let's assume they're serious and all that kind of stuff well they are i guess they are serious but let's assume let's assume it's not a dumb idea let's just say that because I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest i honestly think it's a dumb idea no no offense but it's a pretty dumb idea um but let's say it's not a dumb idea it works for whatever reason because something we missed uh or it works out how many tournaments do they hold a year especially after COVID. I don't, I don't know how you, how you're going to get these points and especially mm-hmm. how spread out you, like we all know West coast is mostly a USJF uh, territory. Right. Yeah. And then it's like USJA is like around Florida and like so, so, uh, East coast, Southern part kind of thing. So I, I just don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> like, well, I, I honestly gonna- don't. They said they want to hold more tournaments, okay? And here's my thing. If you actually legitimately going to hold more tournaments, then great. You know, just how uh, USA Judo is using Jimmy Pedro to hold all these new state championships, something golden, not golden, mm-hmm. uh, Garden State today, they're doing something in Washington, I think it is. I, I can't remember what state, but I know they're US, USA Judo through Jimmy Pedro are having a tournament today. Yeah. Um, if they're going to start holding more tournaments and not cancel them, because I know it's a big thing happening in Bay Area, happening in the A, is that there was say they're going to have a tournament but then they kept getting canceled something would happen they couldn't find a sponsor or a location or the, the when i mean sponsor I mean like a dojo to hold mm-hmm. the tournament or your donja guy to hold the tournament people just kept on pulling out so if they're legitimately going to start doing this and that's great they're going to hold more national level tournaments now how many nat what are they going to be like the south um the southwest national championships the california national championships with west coast national championships that's my thing and we talked about before about like sponsoring if they can if they do legitly make their own team and they can this is one of my things always i just go to sponsor the players properly you know give them money to travel to eat and not just bare bones like actually give them um real sponsorships you know like a real like actually other sports get sponsored and stuff and can help these players get better give them maybe a supplemental income so they don't have to work a second job or two jobs or three jobs whatever to make their dream come true then i'm all for it i i I'm didn't want to yeah i i mean we talk about that all the time everyone talks about it. it's like spon- sponsored athletes more funding all that kind of stuff right but that's a given it's just with what money like with what what money and they're going to host more tournaments again with what money I didn't want to get into like the politics part of it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. that long. We'll talk about it just briefly, right? It wasn't that long ago where they were USJA was like couldn't pass the audit, I think, and then they they didn't file. They were about to lose their nonprofit status. They had some infighting going on. 
and then they're they're talking about how the previous well once in the, they change administration they're seeing how the previous administration messed things up there's no money blah 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 like I don't know where they're going to get that money from unless you're telling me all of a sudden they grew so much that they have all this money to start ho- posting all these tournaments all around the country um so I I don't know and there was also again I'm keeping it very v- vague there's also recent talks and shout outs in some of these groups where people are saying fire Keith Bryant from USA judo because of how like long story short, like he's, they're saying he's misusing the funds. Um, but the, I think these funds are being used to host tournaments, not just the video platform they're talking about, but anyway, it's like, again, where's the, where's the money going to go? So, well, it's um, that old saying of you got to spend money to from. make money. So yeah, in their eyes, it might be, well, if we hold these tournaments and they're good tournaments, get good turnouts, that can be profit right there. So if we go in the, if we go in the red a little yeah. bit, it's when we first start holding these tournaments, but we do more than we do more than we get more popular. We get more competitors. We get like a thousand people each tournament. Then we'll go into the black really fast. Mm-hmm. It could be that also like we'll, we'll take a hit at the beginning, but hopefully it's going to come back and we'll make the money. That's the whole thing. That's wishful thinking. Yeah. I hope people show up. I hope people come. What what I don't understand is, well, well, first of all, some some of these people calling for Keith Ryan to step down and being fired. Look at them, and they're actually part of like they they are USJA clubs and members mostly. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like Twitter telling Mark Zuckerberg to, to <laughs> step down. You know, like excuse like me, Elon, it Elon Musk. It is X now. Sorry, X. Uh, Elon Musk telling Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> How how dare you misuse the font? Or Mark Zuckerberg telling Elon Musk to 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 uh, it, it makes no sense. You're telling a guy running another organization to step down because they're misusing their funds, or you don't agree with how it's being done. Well, I know it's a little different because in judo, USA Judo is the international org, so you can't mm-hmm. like it's kind of different. But at the same time, it's like, well, why don't you do better then? And that I guess <laughs> this is what they're trying to do better is like. Oh, let's try and beat them at their own game and hosting these tournaments, and maybe we can convince. I again, unlikely, but maybe they can convince um, the IOC or IJF to make them the the international um, recognized federation. Recognized federation, but then again, that's not grassroots. So yeah, it's not grassroots yeah. no more. <laughs> so I, that, I'm so confused. But yeah, uh, at the end of that that message, it says, "Feel free to call the national office for further information." Not email, mm-hmm. call. So I'm like, <laughs> hmm, I'm really tempted to get more information because what was the plan? How are you going to implement this? Where's the money going to come from? Um, mm-hmm. other, the only plan I heard was this guy might call, which some of you might know him, um, are going to be in charge of the technology and logistics. So it's like, that's the only plan I know. Um, mm-hmm. What What is the rest of this plan that you're talking about? They're going to come up with their own smooth comp and charge $100 to use it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just really... I don't want to, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. before I get too far into that kind of right, so Let's stuff, move on. But, but no, 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 so okay. before I move, I guess this is technically moving on. What I don't understand is why do we have these national tournaments, which we're going to talk about too, right? Now, now there's mm-hmm. more nationals. Why do they have these nationals and they expect everyone to come over? Why don't they do something that's similar to, um, like, I, I guess wrestling does this, where, like, oh, California State. You're you the top three gets to go to like nationals or provincial. I don't know what some countries the provincials or mm-hmm. like in Japan you get to go to the intra high like you know the top 
top three or five teams in that prefecture gets to go to the 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 main tournament, basically. Mm-hmm. So why don't they do something here? Like top three people from each weight category in each state gets sent gets gets eligible eligibility and maybe funding to get sent to um fight in in nationals like i I don't know and make nationals a little more exclusive that's how Mm -hmm. adcc does it too right like adcc like open you it's open so you don't have to fight in california you can actually so this is a little different system right because the state thing you have state schools but with adcc open you can go to like these like dallas new york whatever and fight for points and then get the points to qualify for adcc Mm -hmm. um so I, there's all these other there are models around. I don't know why um, things are the way they are. So like, some, I, I'm sure I'm missing something. So maybe um, we're supposed to have a guest on next week, two weeks from yeah. the next episode. So maybe we can ask him. Maybe he's more familiar. So maybe. Well, the, the thing with the wrestling is like it was funny when I, so when you're in high school, you go to your county championships. You know, you have to and you place top. Um, when I was my junior of high school they mm-hmm. changed it so it's originally was like top four then he changed it to like the top five i top five or six they changed it mm-hmm. to go to what we had called ccs which is the one right before state i know other places like here in california it's called a cif mm-hmm. but for us in the bay it was called ccs and the top there went to top four they qualified a ccs would go to state and then state would be held wherever it's going to be held at that year. But yeah, it was a top three from state, then go to compete at nationals. And that really made it more prestigious. And that's how I always thought it was. Right. And I guess when I was younger, I really didn't notice when I was just going to folk style tournaments, it was just like, it's just every weekend you're going to another folk style tournament, another folk style tournament, you know, you're not really thinking about it. To when I was in high school and my coach was like, yeah, I want everybody to start doing like some folk style wrestling during the summertime. So you guys don't like your wrestling stays sharp. We're like, okay, cool. And then he said, yeah, okay, so we're going to go to the state championships on this week. And I'm like, whoa, did any of us qualify for state or something? And he's like, no, no, it's it's an open tournament. Like, we can just go. And I'm like, you don't have to qualify to go. You just go to this tournament. If I win this tournament, I'm state champion in, in folk style. Wow. So that I knew that. So then when I did judo and judo was very is the same way, I was like, yeah. I'd have to qualify to go to nationals. I just go to nationals. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? Um, yeah, I, I think at least that makes nationals a little more um, prestigious because right now it's like whoever the fuck has money show up. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> right? much. It's whoever so, shows like, up shows up. Yeah, yeah. Versus if you filter, you have to have a requirement to show up. Like they have to be kind. Well, they're, they're going to have financial incentives. Not financial backing will make it more likely that people actually fight that like good people will fight for these um, mm-hmm. support and then they have the eligibility and the skill to actually go fight in the main tournament and I think that will be better because I know so many good people that don't go to nationals just because it's far as fuck like, and expensive. expensive yeah yeah and they're like and because nationals is again I'm gonna shift for this USA nationals I, I, I personally don't think is that prestigious really oh. it's it's definitely harder to win than a lot of tournaments. But for example, I think San Jose state, uh, what was that? Uh, winter nationals. I get just as many fights as like nationals, you know? So un- unless you, you end up in the category where you fight someone as an current national team, I think it, and, and then the, even then it's just that one fight. Right. Yeah. So I, 
I don't think it's that's just just my opinion. Again, my I can't remember wrong. what San Jose State's tournaments call it. It's not the San Jose, San Jose Buddhist. Buddhist uh, the San Jose Buddhist tournament is the same tournament, but that's for the kids. But that's for like the non black belts. The black belt division is called something different. God, I can't remember what it's called right now. It's like black and brown belt division is called it. It's the same tournament happened at the same time, but I believe San Jose Buddhist tournament is for citrus colors. But then brown and black, it's called something else. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's bugging me right now. But okay, but whatever. Speaking of the Bay Area, and this is something that I got, I was scrolling through my, scrolling through my uh, Facebook and Instagram and stuff, and I came across this. USJF in October, the last week of October, I believe, is going to be holding their own national championships in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, at San Francisco City College or something college, whatever, the college out there. So I thought this was crazy when I saw that. I was like, wow, what, this is just USJF. Not USJA slash USJF, not USJF slash USJA, not USJF. No, USJA we're get USJF national team though. Yeah. So they're going to have their own national championships in San Francisco in October, the end of the last weekend of October. And I'm like, wow, it's crazy. They're going to have their own tournament, which brought me back to when, if some people might remember this, some people might not. So when we did this little three, uh, the three um, federation merger, in America, the most prestigious national championship is USA Judo. That's just USA Judo championships. Back in the day, it was USJA Winter Nationals. That was always held out here in California, always in Azusa or in that area and stuff. That was USJA Winter Nationals. And then USJF had Summer Nationals that would travel around this, that would travel around the US. Some of them would have in Hawaii, it would be in New York, it'd be California, it'd be the Midwest, it'd be Florida. But it always changed where the winter nationals would always be kind of in the same place. But it was USJA, USJF, uh, US, um, uh, USA Judo, each had their own different one. And then the different trend there was winter and summer. Then when they had the three club came, the three federations came together, USJA and USGF decided like, oh, well, let's combine our two national championships to be USJA, USGF winter, USJA, USJF summer. Okay. Well, during the pandemic, things changed. Uh, I believe USJA sold the rights to the name or sold the rights to winter nationals to Nanka. So now it's a Nanka, Nanka winter nationals tournament. So then they only had the summer one. Well, we froze for a second. Oh, did I freeze or did you freeze? Yeah, you froze. You froze. I froze? Yeah. Could you hear me still back. though? You're back. Yeah. Oh, I'm back. All right. Back on the scene, baby. Yeah. yeah. Am I frozen again? No, you're fine. All right. So it's just interesting to me that they have this three club, like they set up and the three federations uh, spread, uh, separate again. They put out this post, they put out this posting being that USJA is going to start doing their own point system for their own national things. And then the same day, if not the next day, I think it was the same day, USJF says, you want to know what? We're going to have our own nationals. It's not winter. It's not fall. It's not spring. It's no season. It is just US, US, <laughs> USJF yes. national championships. So what do you think about that, Anthony? I, I already told you what I think. <laughs> You didn't tell our fans I, what they think. <laughs> it's, I mean, they're naming it nationals unless there's some something meaning behind it. Then, like in, in USJA's case, it's like, oh, you need points, and then we'll send you abroad, kind of thing. Unless there's some sort of meaning like that, it's just another tournament. Like, yeah, like it's we technically can, we can name our intro something. We can yeah. in, name our intro dojo like the, the one with Sawtell, um, Golds. Sawtell Golds, and 
and Goltz has been bringing random people in anyway because he hasn't been able to field um, enough participants. So he's been getting people that that train in other clubs too. We might as well call that like Los Angeles <laughs> National. I, I don't know, like Beach Nationals or something. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we can call it anything we want. It doesn't have to be three dojo scrimmage. It can be nationals. Mm-hmm. Anyone can come. Anyone can. Well, not technically not everyone. So you have to qualify through one of one of the three dojos and get sent out. That's oh, yeah, more yeah, prestige. Yeah. That's more prestigious than nationals. <laughs> that would be more qualification than nationals does. <laughs> really, that would be. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But since Philippe has to send you out. Yeah. Well, you have to qualify. Then he has qualify to qualify within yeah. the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> the Sawtell representative and the, the Hollywood representative and Gold's representative. Yeah. So this is just an interesting tournament that's turned up out of nowhere. It's going to be held right now. It's August. So August, September, October. So it's like just in two months or less than that. Well, it's at the end of October. So you got more than a little bit over two months right now trained for that. But that's what I mean. If you're in the Bay Area, that's something to train for. Me and Anthony are planning on going. I plan to go to compete. Anthony might I'm, go to I might be in Japan. Coach. I'm not sure. So um, <sighs> This guy. Yeah. Maybe you just tell me to talk from Japan. <laughs> I could, actually. Yeah. Maybe Dude, I'll... at the dojo. <laughs> you're going to have to record it and um, upload it and everything. Mm-hmm. So. We'll figure out what we're going to do with that thing when that happens. Be a lot of guest stars on that episode, <laughs> that time where you're in Japan. But yeah, so it's just interesting that they put out the statement being that we're going to create our own our own points. And then the same day, I swear it was the same day, USGF says, well, you want to know what? We're going to have our own national champion then. We're not going to share it with nobody. It's our own. No seasonal, no holiday, just our own national championship. So that's cool. It was getting something else. To like, So I guess for us, at least, since we're in California, you could be national, you could be two-time national with a two in one year national champion pretty easily if you go to winter nationals and then go to this San Francisco nationals. That one's in fall, so it's fall, summer, winter. What <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. So, but yeah, we'll be posting that up. So hey, hopefully we see some people there. We plan to go compete. Hopefully our car doesn't get broken into. It'd be great. Oh, God, I hate I hate I hate going to San Francisco. Not I love the, I love the bay. That. I love home. I just I just hate hearing what happened with people out going out there, especially tourists, that how bad it's gotten. But that's why I'm playing a rented car. I'm not gonna take my own car. We'll take your car. Take your we like. Had a, we had an old member that moved up there for a year, and mm-hmm. now he's like, "Fuck that place! I'm moving back." He literally moved back down last week. So yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> we talked. We talked about it already. So, yeah. So it's still sad. I miss the bay, but I'm more I'm more South Bay anyway. I'm more San Jose. So I'm more South Bay. <laughs> yeah, you live in South Bay too. It was funny when I first went to Los Angeles. People ask where you're from. I'll be like, oh, I'm from South Bay, and be like, oh, it's like Torrance Gardena. I'm like, no, like Santa Clara, San Jose. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I get it now. That's <laughs> yeah, really, it's really, it's really weird when I have to um, look up, look up places, and then I'm like South Bay, like pizza places or something like that and i get like some place in san francisco i'm just like oh. <laughs> god not san francisco uh so that's what's happening in america let us know what you guys think about all this crazy stuff about our three federations and them separating and two combining together and it's like three winter three national championships but only one really counts for you to go internationally let let us know what these other countries that listen to us how does your federations work out does you guys have this stuff happen in yours because even in america we talk about the three major ones, 
but there's some smaller ones even from there. there there's the collegiate one. There's um, there's another association. Well, there's also <clears throat> freestyle judo. Like AAU has their own nationals. People that mm-hmm. might not know that, but they actually have their own nationals. I've never been. I want to go and see how many show up to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, All thirty of them. A American Jiu Jitsu something federation. That one has their own thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure those places. That's literally because because they um, they're so small. I'm sure it's just their own little effective area kind of thing. So, yeah. So Everyone in other judo news, <laughs> I'm gonna talk to Philippe tomorrow. Like Philippe, can we have our own nationals? We have yeah, nationals yeah. at home. Hollywood <laughs> judo nationals, please. <laughs> Shut All up, right, so. nationals at home. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. You froze it right after you said shut up. Wonder, I'm not sure why you're freezing. Neither am I. But it's a hot okay. day, so it might be the internet getting effective. Sorry, guys. I live in a ghetto-ass old apartment complex, so if I freeze, I stutter. You might not see me or um, have to say stuff over. I'm sorry. It's hot in LA and stuff right now. All right. So. Okay. Am I freezing again? No. Next All right, topic. Okay. All right. So next topic, moving on. But we're still staying on tournament news. So as some of you may or may not know, by the time this episode comes out, the IGF is holding their master's tournament right now. Now, I don't mean master's in like a bunch of old guys and old ladies going out to compete. I mean master's that you have to qualify this to be one of the top players in the, in the IGF to go to the tournament. Top 26 and in each weight category. Is it yeah. 26 or is it 36? 26. I'm pretty, I'm 99 okay. sure it's 26. Yeah. All right. So it's the top 26 players. You must be invited. That means that if you this was the trivia to... episode question. Oh my God. This guy <laughs> again, bring it up. Ah, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so if you want to see some of the best, like legit, the best judo players in the world go after it and go after each other, this is a tournament to watch. Now, this is going to be like a normal tournament if you watch it, where you see like the, the first round, Rob, the first matches, where you see like a guy from some small, brinkety country going against one of the best in the world to get thrown by a beautiful throw. No, they're the top, all the top players. So there's going to be, from what I've heard so far, there's been a lot of golden score, a lot of overtime, and a lot of like ugly throws. Now, Anthony, have you had a chance to watch any of it with your blue tiger? Oh, no, blue lion with blue your blue lion. lion. Yeah, it still works. It was really weird. It's supposed to expire last month already, but it still works. Um, I only used it to watch my favorite players. Like I watched Krista Deguchi. I think she well, one, she got her injured, I think. Um, so uh but then I think she actually won but did a score, but the ref didn't call it, and then she mm-hmm. she I guess she should have kept going, but she got arm locked afterwards. So um, well, your girl, your girl, Clint Kate took gold. So, well, yeah, of course, because <laughs> that happened. But um, I, I wish they would just like put Kristen and Clint Kate against each other first round. Just, <laughs> just get, get it over <laughs> with, you know. But uh-huh. um, yeah, it's not. I feel like last last time she was that master, same thing happened. She got screwed over by some Shido calls. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I. I was asking Philippe today, like, I asked him, what did you think? Were you watching Masters? He's like, yeah. Because two weeks ago, he was like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to, like, watch it and all that kind of stuff. And and then he was like, yeah, I thought it was kind of boring. I was like, yeah, I I, I, I think it was kind of boring. <laughs> um, and I usually watch everything. And mm-hmm. here, I'm trying to watch the, I don't, I'm not even watching the highlights. Like, 
the uh, usual YouTubers and Instagram accounts I'm following. Yeah. I watch a couple of, of the highlights and I'm just like, I not interested. <laughs> like, that is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. I, I, I can say this now because it's already been a week by the time this episode comes out. It is weird. There's not a whole lot of good highlights out there this year. Like there's not a lot of like cool throws, like out of nowhere submissions. There hasn't been a lot up yet and it's already Saturday. So it's already been um, two days of the event. You'd expect more. That's already six week divisions. Is that already? Yeah, I, I I don't have. Maybe we can talk about it on that episode. We we said we were bringing Philippe on. We need to schedule it, but maybe we can talk about that more. Um, I had a discussion with him about the last topic on at the dojo about um, why some throws are more common than the other. But mm-hmm. I think this is my hypothesis why you, we don't see as many amazing highlights. We are seeing a lot more Nawaza. I don't know if you noticed that. But um, mm-hmm. I I think one has to do with the grip rules. The grip rules have been more uh, liberal now. Mm-hmm. So people are able to strip the grips. So it's harder to maintain a strong grip and um, uh, dominate, basically, because people are stripping them. You're allowed to strip the grips now as long as you re- recover them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> that's also probably why we see more golden scores. Um, and also, uh, we talked about the changing of the guard thing. So I think there's a new style of met judo from the younger generation that's coming in that mm-hmm. is like kind of like not hold <clears throat> what do you call it, taking root yet, and they're fighting these experienced fighters that are slowly coming down from their prime. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's my hypothesis, um, if I had to to imagine. So hopefully it's not a permanent thing. And then IGF's like, oh oh no, it's boring. We got we got to bring back the these Shido rules and we got to ban like grabbing people's finger like, like i hope they don't overreact basically but mm-hmm. um well they can't I, I, they're supposed to keep they're supposed to keep these rules yeah, until to the olympics yeah, until yeah after i'm olympics, saying that's a i'm year hoping away. i'm hoping when paris happens it's not boring basically because uh-huh. if it's boring or a bunch of people doing golden <laughs> scores again then uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, they'll be like, uh, let's change this, this, and this. Ah, oh, come on. I, I don't know if people remember, but after the last Olympics, um, they were going to talk about introducing those karate tie, like the, the gi, they were going <laughs> to add a little tie thing in there, just like karate. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, it's because people, it's, and in the end, they're like, okay, you just have to fix your gi. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So you have to fix your gi every, every time now. I, I think it's too much, too many rules. <sighs> All right, so yeah, that's how Anthony feels. But yeah, it's an interesting tournament. If you want to see the best versus the best, this is one to watch. Like even the world championships, anybody can, well, you quite have to qualify for that as well. But this one, it's like only the top 26 are invited. So you're seeing the top players, the masters of the USGA masters. USGA masters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> USGA masters will be next. Yes. <laughs> so that's what's happening right now in judo. Other than that, there's nothing really killing the world or nothing strange happened. No one else came out of retirement. No big judo players had any MMA, any MMA matches. I think no Ronda more, Rousey's... No more oh, today is actually... No, I think today Ronda Rousey's having her uh, MMA rules match at SummerSlam against... Um, oh, like a fake think, one? Yeah, like I don't know what okay. they're going to have there. Some sort of fake MMA fight. But yeah, this is one of, like, one of the things where Ronda Rousey has to get done before she has her heart out, apparently whatever that yeah. means. But okay, so we talked about some topics last episode about how to s- self-practice and how to self-evaluate. 
one thing that we were going to talk about was self-training basically yeah right um and if you guys list if you guys listen close (laughs) enough i actually cut out one of the parts because we talked about how we're going to talk about uh coming up with your own training development plan in terms of like your judo not your conditioning um but then we ended up talking so long that we did not touch that topic so we're like oh we can just talk about it next week so this is this is basically what it is um yeah this is part b (laughs) yeah i wouldn't call it part b it's a different topic but for those of you that have uh i guess either you're a black belt or you're you have a dojo similar hours where your sensei is like hey work on your own technique right like work on something that you want to work on you have the freedom to do that then um, this this will be the episode for you. If you don't have a sensei that does that, then you can still apply this to your randori. Because most dojos that I've visited and trained at, they would be like, "Here's the move of the week." Sounds familiar, right? Here's the move of the week. Uh, <laughs> let's do some uchikomis. That, uh, you put your head like here, this there, there, and then you moving uchikomi, nagikomi, and then randori, right? So you don't get a freedom to work on your own stuff. You do what, like, I, I remember I was trying, one time I was uh, working with this guy that, that was like 350 pounds and I was a white belt and I, uh, they were teaching, they were teaching, um, Ippon Senage that day. Oh, you're I'm like, you're effed. Yeah. yeah you're I, I was screwed. just like, what, what, <laughs> what is the point? Like I, I couldn't lift him up. So mm. what are you going to do? Right. Uh, and then if he jumps for you, then that kind of defeats the whole purpose of practicing it. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's my that's a little rant about the problem with that teaching like that. But um, so but if you have the structure where uh, you're free to train how you want, how do you decide what you want to do? And I guess if you're a white belt, just learn all the throws and um, do what your sensei tells you. We we're just going to skip that part, right? That's kind of obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. If your yes. sensei is like, work on these, uh, your sensei taught you ogoshi, sodagari, ochi, gari, kochi, gari, daoshi, then just like work on those th- those techniques. Those are the basics. Mm. But yes. if you're a little more advanced, you have like, now you know, like, tomoenage, sumigaishi, um, different types of osotogari, different entries, different combinations, different grips. Like, how do you, how do you decide what do you work on? So let's, uh, you want to take it first? Take a stab oh, so, at it first. So I'll stab it. I'll take a stab at it. I'll shank it. Take this prison rule style on the weekend. So, <laughs> so for me, when, um, since say Philippe or anybody would just be like, Hey, it's free practice. Work on what you want to work on. It's hard because I've been doing Joe for so long. I have kind of like my go-to static throws. I like to work on like, or things that I know I'm good at. So it's like, uh, if I'm feeling lazy, I'm going to just do Harayagoshi. I know how to do Harayagoshi. I can do Harayagoshi really well. I know how to do Taitoshi. I can do Taitoshi really well if I feel like working more. But for me, it's like when I get told that, I start thinking like, what's crazy weird stuff that doesn't work all the time, but it's different, you know? Like how I'll do a sore from from step outside, you know? So just going to go to stepping outside instead of coming really directly inside, like a really cross-step way. So you got to think about like, what do I want to get from this? Am I going to develop the throw that I already know that I'm going to just work on some, some, um, some setups for it, or am I going to work on a throw that I'm bad at from scratch, you know? And that's for me as a black belt, where if I'm a citrus color, I should really be looking at like, if your dojo has a board, like we do, it's located about right here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking there. about skipping that part though. 
Yeah, right. but I'm talking about like you should be looking up what you're not good at. You know, it's like yeah. it's. <clears throat> so if I'm not good at something, I want to know what I was work, what I should work on. You know, I, I know agree. what to do already. So it's just it's it's tough because you what do you want to work on? Do you want to work on stuff that you're going to do in competition? Mm -hmm. We're going to work on something that you haven't done before you want to get better. Exactly. At. So that's where I agree. I think you should, you really should look at what your goals are, right? The same thing as mm -hmm. like the previous episode. What are, what are your goals? Um, if you're, it's competition, then you need to figure out your game plan and your judo style. Like one example would be like, if you look at, um, what was his name? Uh, Mariama. He's mostly mm -hmm. Uchimata to Moenage, right? And then he has mm -hmm. like some other stuff in their arsenal, but it's mostly revolve all his game revolves around those two throws. Yes. And then if you resist his Uchimata, he's gonna do spin into um drop into Tomoenage. So you need some sort of thing like that where if someone defends your your main throw, then you have like a something something else that combos with it. And and usually it's not uh Uchimata Tomoenage because <clears throat> they're both technically forward going forward technically in a way but mm -hmm. um it's usually a backward and forward throw so like think osodagari and sasai those are very mm -hmm. good compliments is one than the other or um <clears throat> uchimata and ochigari those are again another good combination because they're one side and the other and the leg is already there already so you can hook mm -hmm. in both directions so you i i recommend people who are i just got my brown belt or i just got my green belt kind of thing that's what you should start working on is Find a main the throw that you're good at, and then find a compliment for it. At least one, one or two. Yeah. Um, someone at our dojo, for example, got really into uh, Kochi Makikomi. A bunch of our dojo people from a dojo usually is shorter people, mm -hmm. and then after a while, it just they just hit a wall. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, because you get reinforced from doing it all the time because no nobody wants to fight that um throw. Even sometimes they're like, oh, they caught me, and you just fall, right? But you, it, yeah. If they don't do it properly, you can kind of spin out of it. Um, mm. But I'm like, when you do it enough times, people are know it's going to come. It's going to be coming, and you're for you don't have a forward throw. So I know every single time you do a forward throw, it's a fake. Um, mm. And then even then, if you're doing, you, you need a good forward throw, so it's actually going to be a threat. So I actually react back the other way for you to do the Koshi Makikomi. So it's really important to get good at two very different throws. Versus getting good at two very similar types of throws, I don't. I don't think it's so so much of a um, as much of a good idea. So, what, what's a good example? Like maybe Osodagari and Soto Otoshi, maybe or well, it, um, well, a really cool one that where you're going the same direction that a lot of people like to work on, mm -hmm. and I work on it too sometimes because it's fun. Is Uchimata and Sumiyashi. Yeah, you know both throws you're going forward, but you're going forward in two different directions. So but that would be like Uchimata to Moenage, basically. Also, yeah, too. so you know? similar. But like with someone that wants to do, like if they're going to do a Coach Makomi as their main throw, then you have to develop that really good fake out Ippon Seonagi or uh, Sei Otoshi, really good fake Sei Otoshi, you know? And that's another thing that people don't think about because they just think about like, oh, I'm just going one direction, one direction. And we talk about setups sometimes. And so you have to figure out what is the best setup for the throw you want to work on as well if it's a competition style you want to work on. I'm working on competition stuff. Yeah. I, what's going to get the person going forward to get them to go backwards? What's going to get them to go backwards to go forward? Vice versa. Yep. You know? So remember, we're we're talking about threats here. We're not talking about combinations. It just so happens we use combinations as a um example here. Like you mm -hmm. said, uh, Uchimata Tomoe Nage, Uchimata Sumigaishi. I said Uchimata Ochigari. 
Sasayo, Sotagari, those are combinations, but they're also threats because they're different directions. Your threat could be all Sotagari and Taitoshi. It doesn't mean you have to, con- you can't really combo it. Maybe you can, someone out there, I can't combo it. I can't think of anything, but they're different directions. So um, there's a difference between combo and there's a difference between what I said, which is having something that's threatening the other direction. So people are more wary of like leaning towards one um, certain way. Um, or certain grips. And that's a very basic um, gist of a way. I'm not going to talk about grips because that's going to go way too deep. But um, it, but similar concept applies to the grips too. Like if you grip one way, uh, it's going to be one thing or the other. You got you got to make the other guy guess what it can be. Um, one, one way I explain to people is when you using grips as an example, um, but you can distance and also foot uh, foot placement will also di- dictate it. Um, is when you control the guy so well in terms of distance management or grip fighting, then you already know closed off all the door. Like for example, the, you know this guy has ten doors, like ten techniques available, right? Looking at their stature or how they usually fight. If I change my grips to a way where it closes off like six of them, then now I only have to deal with four four potential outcomes. So, um, obviously it's not like that literal where you would be like, Oh, he can only do four things now. Right. But it does like close off a lot more possibilities, um, of what can happen and you can defend things and attack much easier that way. So that's, that's, um, something I'd recommend for someone who's just like, what do I do kind of thing? Um, yeah. And if you're looking to, for, um, for a good setup, it's always like we were talking about the, the basic setup and stuff. Like, how do I get into my, like a basic one? How do I get into my Taitoshi? I get that a lot. Well, how do I get into my Taitoshi sensei? I'm not good at cross step that you and Philippe do. How do I get into Taitoshi? Well, a good way is to fake the old Chigari. Or a good way to do it is to fake the cool Chigari. You know, when you tell people they, they don't understand it. So you got to figure out what is going to set up what you want to do and how you're going to do continue doing that or who, how you're going to, fake it and since they always say Philippe says the same thing I do like how are you going to sell it how are you going to sell one thing to another thing and this is when you practice when you start like experimenting look at the IGF see what people what big players do to set up their throws how they uh, step a certain way and stuff or ask a more advanced person well will this work with that work and see which ones work best for you and your body type because seriously there's things that Anthony's just a tall guy isn't going to work with a shorter guy you know yep People like me that I use a lot more strength in my throws isn't going to be able to do someone that has more uh, finesse style, you know? Like I was talking about uh, doing the story Sunikunagoshi. Like that's a great setup also. It's, it's rarely done. But if I pick somebody up one direction and they go backwards on me, I can do a Kochigari from there or an Osotogari from there. Really crazy Osotogari, but it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, just because it doesn't work when you first work on it. Like let's say I, I was like, I want to work Uchimata Sumigashi, right? Mm-hmm. just because it doesn't work right away doesn't mean it doesn't work right or it's not for you i think you just have to talk to your instructor or if you as you gain more experience you're going to know what what why it wasn't working and what you can fix and whether it's something you should keep going down the path of because that's uh in the ecological uh episode we talked about we talked about how learning is not linear you can't think of um judo especially let's just stick to judo you can't think mm-hmm. of judo as like let me gather these techniques and as i gather more techniques my skill is going to go up it's like you're going to try new things you're going to hit dead ends uh, other people can get better so something that used to work might stop working at that level um you might 
hit that end. So you might have to go back a bit and then like try a different path. So it's kind of like a maze, you know, it's a maze that you might hit it. Sometimes you feel like you're making a lot of progress and you hit a dead end and now you got to backtrace all the way back to the previous spot and feels like you lost progress. But now someday that dead end you found, like maybe the, the, a new path opened up or a wall got knocked down. You can go back down that path and go find a new path. So, um, but for now that wall is right there for whatever reason, whether you're, you don't have the balance or you don't have the ability to do certain techniques yet or, uh, abilities to notice certain openings. So just remember learning is not linear, but there's, this is why like there's science. This is where science can't really cover those scenarios. Cause there's no hard, uh, what do you call it? Definitive way to say, Oh, you need to stop working on that technique. It's like, when do I decide to work? Stop. When do I decide to give up and just do something else? That's where I think experience comes from. And if you don't have the experience, that's why a good instructor, good coach is needed. It's like when they're like, you should really work on this or, you know, like it doesn't look right, but I think that you're getting it. Just keep working on it kind of thing. So, uh, or that's, that's never going to work. Like, you're six foot four. You're doing sailing nagi on like a four foot eight guy. Like that will never work. Like that's an extreme yes, case, yes. but yes. like that that's basically where where the coach the coaching comes in, and it's important. Um, do Do you have anything else to add to that? Well, my thing with that part right there, we're talking more competition styles. That I know certain people always get they get in their head that like you know. Um, this like for Uchimata, okay. Everyone for some reason wants to do Uchimata. Uchimata, the king throw, everyone wants to do Uchimata. And Uchimata might not be the best for you. That's where, where I go into where when you're in a, like a lower class, a beginner's class, intermediate class, and where like I teach, I teach everybody everything. Like I'm teaching all the throws. And what I tell people is that this throw might not be the best for you, but it's something for you to know to keep in your tool chest for later. You know, you might figure out, oh, this doesn't work for this person. But later in life, you're like, oh, you want to it just clicked with me. If I do it to this tall person, it's great for the tall person or opposite. Like it doesn't work for this tall guy. It's not going to work for me. They might click later. Oh, it works for the shorter person. This is a short person throw. So it's just there about like just keeping your eyes open, figuring out all your throws and what works best for you and your body type. And it's not just because like with, with competition style you're going to face a certain sort of body type. That's your somewhere more, more or less similar to yours in competition. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm a 90 kilo guy. So I sometimes fight, fight some guys that are really short and stout, you know? So I have to remember, okay, I can't do this throw. I can't do the A, B and C to him. What's D was another throw that I can try to figure out, or how am I going to get this guy down from Nawaza? You know, and it's just things you got to think about when you practice, what am I going to do for competition? Now, um, Anthony, do you want to move on to more like um, finesse or just learning more different throws or continue? Uh, yeah, let's move on to that after I talk about yeah, to add on what you said. Like, mm -hmm. um, it's not so, sometimes we talked about competition, right? But if you're not a comp competitive person, then it makes sense you want to, like, you're just doing it for the knowledge and you do want to learn as many techniques as possible and get at least very good at showing the mecha primary mechanic of it. It doesn't have to be under heavy resistant, but you have to be able to demonstrate the, the why the throw works and mechanics behind it in a smooth controlled manner. And um, one of the things I was listening to Rob Gray the other day, like the, the ecological guy, um, and he was talking about one of the studies where they were studying where you're learning to do things the right way by practicing doing it the wrong way. 
So when you play during the not randori, but when you do the like our open math time, I guess I'll call it. Um, sometimes I would be like, let me try this. Let me try doing this really wrong way and see how it feels, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's why it doesn't work. Like you'd have to experiment in the wrong ways too to figure out why things don't work. Like, oh, I just tried it and I I tried this foot sweep and then it got stuck. Then why did it get stuck? Because the foot was all the weight was in that foot. Okay, mm-hmm. so I need to figure out a way to shift make him shift the weight like that's an example but sometimes you have to experiment doing things the wrong way um to figure to understand why things work when it's right um mm-hmm. so that's one like, i want to say well it's like today when i was just teaching haraya goshi hana goshi uchimata when people first learn haraya goshi i always tell them like get the leg down low because then you'll you'll hit the knee as you sweep up where if you get taught the more i don't say more traditional more direct way you get the instructor telling you, no, you got to hit right beneath the knee every time, every time. So then when you actually sweep and you don't have good timing, you're going to sweep up towards the hip and the throw doesn't work anymore, you know? Yep. So it's, it's kind of similar to that. So now let's go to like uh, more working on not competition throws or more like mm-hmm. finesse throws or throws you want to get yeah. better at, you know? And now this is stuff that like we all want to be well-rounded judo players. If you want to be a, a very well-rounded black belt, run your own gym, run your own dojo one day, run a program you're gonna have to learn all how many throws is it anthony 60 70 uh, 68 69 yeah 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 68 i think believe yeah you're gonna have to learn all those throws to as anthony was saying to demonstrate them you don't have to be great at them but like i said if you want to make a good wilder player and give people the most options to put in their tool chest most the most weapons to put in their drawer whatever you want to call it tool chest whatever you got to give people options you have to learn all these throws and like i said you don't have to learn them all perfectly but you gotta learn how to do them uh, demonstrationally, you know, like me, I hate Yoko Tomonage and for me to do Yoko Tomonage, I have to be pretty mean about it. I have to like really force people to do it. So and when I teach it, I have to like really force people to go thrown into it. Anthony actually today did a beautiful Yoko Tomonage, but ended up going the wrong direction. The last yeah, because second, my foot, my, it's because my foot was on the wrong side of the hip when I landed and I tried to correct it in the air. But I couldn't. So he, so he was just spinning like a yeah. helicopter, and I'm trying to get him to fall the other side. But because my foot stairs is blocking him, so he uh, he can only fall the wrong side, basically. Yeah. But I, I was forcefully pulling with my hand, trying to get him to pull back the other side. But, you were both spinning for a second. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. It was beautiful. But that's how it is. Like when you have to, you have to work on things, and somebody you have to go just really slow and figure out what's going on, and figure out what's going on to throw. Why is it not working? And this is when you really have to like talk to your partner. And I'm not saying like your partner starts teaching you like, Oh, well, you need to do this, 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 ask your partner. Why didn't this work? Did you feel my pull? Did I block you enough? Did you step over me? Cause you knew I was doing this throw. So you're not mm-hmm. being cool. And then you, you gotta be very careful when you ask your partner. So some people, let's just say some people talk, talk too much and yes, don't know what they're no, talking. I, they, they don't know what they're it, talking about. Beast basically. It is one of those things where like you need your partner's information, let them know what's going wrong. But then you do get a lot of talkative partners that want to be know-it-alls. Yeah, and it, I hate gotta, I hate when I see citrus colors like that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the guy asked you if uh, if you tiptoed or something like that, right? Or whether it felt yeah. uh, heavy, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I felt heavy. I think you did this, this, this." It was like, no, just just he asked you one question. Yeah. Don't don't like elaborate to the point where you're already outside of your lane, basically. Yeah, getting feedback is one of the harder things to do in judo because mm-hmm. you don't want people like that tell you what to do like but it's good to be honest that's something i think we all need to do when we do when we need to help out people doing judo be honest and do good falls for people you know this is not this is my like mutual benefit part right here because i was teaching a guy the other day 
how to do um God, I can't what what throw it was. I think it was Yoko Toshi or whatever, one of the throws. And his partner, because he doesn't have good ukemi from the start, does not know how to be thrown, is just like landing flat on his face. So it's making him feel like, am I not getting his throw sensei? What's wrong with my throw? What's going on with it? And I'm just like, well, and I'm just I'm trying to get him to do is like, well, pull the arm more, circle around here more, put your foot here to try to force a good throw. And it just wasn't clicking. So I said, you know what? Just throw me. All right, here, come throw me. And since I knew how to fall correctly, when he threw me, he's like, no, you're fine. Really? You actually have a really good throw for the most part. It's just, he doesn't know how to fall right. So the way he's falling, he's just falling yeah. flat on his face. So it's like being a good partner when you start doing these little finesse things about working on little things and stuff, helping your partner out and being honest when you guys work out together. Uh, yeah, I think this is where, are, are you done with that? Because I want to move yeah, on yeah, to yeah. talking about Rondori, right? Because Rondori is where you try stuff out. This is what people mean by trying stuff out. Like, it's not a competition. Because if you never try, if you have, let's say you had a good Osotogari, right? And every time you try Uchimata and it doesn't work in Rondori, so you go back to trying Osotogari, so you get the throws, mm -hmm. you're yeah. never ever going to discover other stuff you're good at. Until you hit a wall, maybe a brown belt, you hit a wall, then now you you waste all that time that you could have been discovering other stuff. And now you're mm -hmm. starting once you uh, go there. So Rondori is where you try stuff out. Um, obviously safer stuff under, under um, pressure. Uh, mm -hmm. The way I like to word it is like, um, it'd be like building a rocket ship. You know what I mean? Like a spaceship with a rocket. Uh, competition is the actual launch like you're putting live humans into the rocket and like shooting them up to the moon um rondori is where you do the test flights like you put not, uh, just because i love animals like nothing in there but reality you put okay. a, a chimpanzee or a dog in there you know so <laughs> but rondori is like the test flight and then the uchikomi the, the the whatever the open mat time that we talked about that's like the lab where you're like doing G-force tests, like little experiments of certain parts. How much force can this certain part take? Uh, testing the springs, testing the the fuel. So that's where you test those individual parts and you put them together. And that's when you do a test launch. And if you don't have that, op this is why I love the open mat format. Because if you don't have that open mat format, then you basically have like this instruction and some set parts, which is like the move of the day basically. And then they're like here and you're like trying to fit this thing that may or may not fit together together um, based off of your, your knowledge. And then you're like launching stuff every night and then it crashes yeah. and burns and you're like, Oh, why didn't that work? And then you, <laughs> you might figure it out, but you might not because it blew up. And then mm -hmm. you're like gathering the, the, <laughs> the pieces on the ground, the, the breeze. And you're like, Oh, this one is all charred. It was probably burning too hot or something. I, I don't know. But that's why you can, you can learn from just Rondori and the, the mm. move of the week kind of thing. But I don't think I personally don't think it's the most effective way of doing it. Um, Cause you're, you're, you're basically hoping that people just doing these things the, back to the survivorship bias, right? That by chance, if they do enough Rondori, they might come across and find a solution, but then you leave out a lot of people that might've made it either a earlier or they would have, wouldn't have quit or would it have gotten better if you just had a better, um, let's just call it like guidance, like coaching kind of thing. Yeah, so. well, that's a tough thing about Rondori is that it is there to experiment. It is there to try mm -hmm. stuff. Try what we worked on today. Try what you haven't done before. Like try stuff out because 
if you continuously, I know everybody, and I know, and no one wants to lose during Ronda. Okay, most yeah, people everyone don't talks about it. ego yeah. and like yeah. going light. Leave your, yeah, leave your ego at the door. No, no, that's when he starts doing Ronda. Shit starts getting real. Then <laughs> ego comes right back in the door. <laughs> and I know everyone wants to get that throw. It's like I know I'm going to get one. I know I have a good Taitoshi. I'm going to throw one Taitoshi. That's all I do. That's all I do. And that's good. That is great because you go into competition, you have a very strong Taitoshi. You're good with it. But what if your Taitoshi doesn't work? What are you going to do? And that's where Rondori comes in handy because like, okay, my Taitoshi didn't work. Now I'm going to do something else. Okay. My Uchimata didn't work. Now I'm going to do something else. Because that's our first thing about like, when you do Uchikomis, what your combination or what your setup's going to be, that's what Rondori is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to try things out. Like it's, it's like, yes, some people are going to throw you. Some people aren't going to throw you, but you have to try things out. And not just, I know this, I know this Makikomi always works for me. Okay. I know this Tanya Toshi always works for me. All right. But Tanya Toshi is kind of a dangerous throw, and especially during Rondori, I don't want to hurt nobody at the. I don't want to hurt none of my gym mates, none of my teammates. And stuff. And on, and to teach. be honest, you don't get much out of it, like in terms of development. So yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of those like yes, it has a very high percentage of working most of the time, but also at a high percentage, when done forcefully, can mess somebody up. And I'd rather you. This is sound horrible. I don't want to say when I say this. I'd rather you miss uh, mess somebody up at a tournament for a medal yeah. and some points than at the dojo just for ego. Yeah. Okay. But this yeah. is that at Rondori is when you try things out. Yeah. Maybe your first few rounds, you do what you're really good at. Throw what you uh, build up your confidence, do your Taitoshi, do your Haragoshi and stuff. Something you're really good at, but you want to know what? I'm not good at Uchimata, but I know Uchimata has a high percentage. I want to get better at it. So the next three rounds, I'm just doing Uchimata. I'm just trying to work on Uchimata in a real live round situation. That's just, this is how it is. You got to yeah. go out there and do it. So I'm going to talk about my personal experience with that. Um, so I think most, most of the time when people say something doesn't work, it's uh, because of the grips. So most of the problem comes from the actual grip fighting. There is mm-hmm. some like technique problems too, but most of the time it's because they don't have the grips. They're not winning the grip fight because most dojos in America actually do a lot of grip fighting more, more mm-hmm. than I'd like to be honest. Um, so it's the grips that are stopping you from coming in and people are like, my Uchimata is not working. I'm like, yeah, cause you're, you don't have the grip. So the moment you go in, the guy pushes you in your face and you're already falling over. Like you didn't really have a chance in the beginning to, to, to enter. There was no chance. So you have to get past the grips first, get, uh, have a opening to order, do your technique. Once you're able to do that and it fails, then you can say, Oh, I, my foot wasn't in the right place. I lost my balance. I didn't turn enough that that's when you can start critiquing your own um throw so you have to be able to differentiate it too did the throw not work because of my grips or did it not work because the actual throw was bad so that's uh one thing you have to differentiate and for example today this this whole like i guess eight months now i've been just working on um ushimata and tomoinage those are uh, Yoko Tomonaga. Those are the only two things I'm working on, which doesn't mean I'm not, I'm only doing those throws. Like I did Osotogari today a few times. I did Ochigari. I do it if I see it there, or I'll use those to, um, if I see it there, I'll use those to make a reaction for the two uh, Uchimata and Yoko Tomonaga. But it doesn't mean I'm going to like go for it every single time. Like just focus on that. I'm, my brain's not like focusing on it. It's just like, Oh, there's a soda guy. I'm going to do it. You know, like I'm just kind of like, I'm thirsty. I'm going to pick up this drink and drink it. I'm not, I'm not thinking of developing a new skill of picking up this, this, um, 
how, how to, let, let's for example imagine this mug i'm holding right now has like some weird shape to, to it i have to think of how to hold it with my fingers right versus if i'm used to this common shape i would just like grab it without even thinking so also the guardian or Chigari to me are like that i just do it when i see an opening for it and then pick it up but um, Ushimata and Yoko Tomoe and Age, I actually have to put thought into it. How do I get him into that position for Ushimata? What grips can I get do, do this from? When I do this grip, even if I'm winning, by the time I get in, I'm so far away that he already changed the grip already. So I need to somehow get closer so he has less time to react to change the grip. This is like deliberate practice, right? You're planning all your, your strategy, outgizing and corrections around those two, two throws. So... It's very different from um, what we said before, which is like something didn't work because the, the grip wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, that's I think that pretty much wraps it up. That's how I, I plan my uh, my development. Um, but that's mostly because of my interests. And I could always just stick to Tai Toshio and Sotogari, which is what I'm good at. And make a career not not whatever not a career but continue the rest of my judo career that way but then it's not very interesting to me so well it's like the guys that will come from a sambo or a wrestling background and all they want to do is just udanagi people you know like some days i'm gonna like i'm gonna admit i'm in udanagi mood some days where it's just like well, i'm just waiting for them to enter in i'm gonna suplex the shit out of them just for fun today but sometimes you got to get just taken out of your comfort zone and that's what this whole thing's talking about is that you know, there's many throws in judo and work on all of them. You, I know everybody's gonna be like, oh, but I have a great Uchimata, you know, I have a great Tanya Toshi, I have a great Taitoshi. And it's like, yeah, you should really, yeah, develop those throws and make them sharp and and make them so they're the best things. But, you know, try something else sometime, you know, develop your judo, be a well-rounded judo player, have a good Ashiwaza, have a good Tachiwaza, you know, uh, work on your Teiwaza someday or something. It's just like, get, work on everything and be patient because it's not all going to click all at once. There's some throws that are going to take time and effort to learn. Like Anthony and his Uchimata, because he wants his beautiful Japanese style Uchimata. That's very unrealistic. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I want to get it. But yeah. I threw him today today. I threw him today with it. Yep. Well, it's because you're shorter. It's just you're oh, 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 you hurt me. You hurt me. Oh, I got me right there. Uh, so, 5'11 isn't short. I'm taller than the average man. Yeah, the, la the last thing I want to say is if you do follow this kind of thing, um, don't get obsessed. Well, coming from me, like, right, don't get too obsessed about one throw. Um, especially mm -hmm. when you feel stuck, it might be good to take like a couple of weeks off and work on something else, come back to it. Um, just don't make it like, oh, this week I'm working this, this week, I'm next week I'm working that. And then you just jump around all over the place. Like, don't do that because then that's not very good. But um, it's kind of like, you know, when you're stuck on a problem and you walk away and do something else and you kind of all of a sudden it clicks for you and then mm -hmm. come back. Sometimes doing some other sort of movement um, opens up more what they call movement solutions, I guess, like... Um, you, you'll figure you, you'll notice things that you can apply back to the original thing you're working on if you change uh, context for a bit. Um, so those of you who work with a uh, tech and tech knows this, like wh why some people walk around the office and do other shit because it kind of like the switching of context makes your brain um, reset in a way because mm -hmm. we're humans. We just do we, we're set to know try and notice patterns. And the longer we look at some problems, the more patterns form in our head and we're stuck in this rigid way of thinking. Um, but if you go do something else, you're going to reset that and then you're going to hopefully think outside the box a little bit and 
uh, it'll help. That's some great advice right there. That's actually really, really yep. good advice right there. All right, Anthony, is there anything else about technique no. training by yourself? And no, that's it. Yeah, I think that I think that's how I would uh, figure it out. So again, if you don't have a like, you don't have a sensei Philippe, then we can rent him out to you for a price. But <laughs> would you like? Well, I'll give him to you. You can have. No, don't. Say, I just see that. He's yelling at me next time I see him. We just He's upgraded, we just upgraded right him oh, recently to a six ton. So yeah, we just <laughs> install a new memory module. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> all no, new parts, you, brand new hips, amazing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but yeah, if you can't, if you can't um, do that kind of thing, then try to learn mechanics of the moves of the day and plot again. Apply, try to apply the mechanics to your other moves that are relative to you. Because after a while, you're gonna see. Mo there, I did say there's 68 throws, but in the end, a lot of them have overlapping mechanics. Mm -hmm. So it's not like 68 unique mechanics. But yeah. Um, do the move of the day and then do do your do your thing in randori try it out pick good partners so if someone stiff arms you the whole fight then you're changed then that and you can't get away from that partner then that day i guess for that round you're working how to break stiff arms and break grips that's that's a form of practice too it's part of judo now like as much as i hate it that's part of judo now grip fighting is yeah. such a huge part of judo very, um very true and when you get home like come up with a plan like these are my focuses for the next year. And then like, I'm going to every three months, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this combo, this particular style of Uchimata, this particular grip, like write it down, like set goals. So mm -hmm. you don't, if you don't write it down, you're really in the, what we said, said you're in danger of is you're just going to jump around because you don't, you yeah. don't have any sort of commitment or plan written down. You're just going to show up to class and do, Oh, that guy over there just did this cool thing. I'm going to try and do it, which is <laughs> yeah, not a problem in itself, but you get distracted all the time then. Yeah. So. I will say this one thing. And I actually don't talk about this that much. I talk about a little bit in my class and I, I guess bring it up here is that if a certain grip doesn't work for you, there are many different grips to use in judo. You know, if you, if the traditional collar and elbow grip doesn't work, may try a collar and a, a more wrist grab, a more wrist uh, down towards wrist technique. Maybe try collar and do make it the pocket, the armpit, or maybe putting the elbow in the armpit more when you come inside or do an ogre grip where you get over the top or and stuff or come out the back grabbing. To there are many ways to get throws. And it's, you don't have to get stuck in this whole, I have to do the main traditional way, unless that's how your dojo tests you, then yes, yeah. you have to. But there are many ways to throw people around. Like I know myself, I use a lot of unorthodox grips to throw people all the time. You caught me in some weird stuff today. That was great. I forgot which one. Was it Sumigashi or Tai Toshi you caught me in? Uh, I, I think, think it was it was, was Sumigashi. Yeah. There was some was weird cross grip you did from Russian yeah. Thai. Yeah, yeah, for fun. But hey, like I said, I do a lot of weirder more things because I I use more, it's horrible to say, but more strength-based judo just because I grew up as a wrestler. So I'm just kind of more used to that. But it is what it is. All right. So with that, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Please, you can follow us on YouTube at the Tommy Talk. You can follow us on Instagram at the Tommy Talk. You can follow us on Threads at the Tommy Talk. You can follow me at the Jerry underscore Juan's on Instagram. You know, Threads hasn't been that popular. I heard that they've lost a lot of, lost a lot of people already. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> but you follow me on Instagram at the uh, Tommy Talk. You follow me on Instagram at the Jerry underscore Juan. You follow Anthony at Anthony Throws on Instagram. If you have any questions, things you want to talk about, us, things you want to bring up to us, we had a great question the other day that we're trying to set up 
to talk about certain throws. It's a lot of work. We're trying to get it done, but we do hear you guys. And you can send us that at tommytalk at gmail.com. Anthony, is there anything else? Uh, no, just make sure you, we have a special guest next episode if everything goes well. So make sure you listen in. All right. All right. Okay. And with that, don't forget to slap the net. <laughs>